This is Jim Duncan with Nest Realty and the Sweat the Details podcast. Uh, today, we had the opportunity to sit down with Jeff Turner, uh, who is uh, an incredible human being. He specializes in helping technology startups understand, navigate the complexities of the North American market, real estate market. He's also known internationally as a recognized speaker on te- topics at the, inter- at the intersection of technology, trends, and human behavior. And we had, a, we had a great conversation. We talked about technology, the focus of technology, technology focusing on humanity and keeping that in the real estate transaction. Uh, we talked about art, artificial intelligence and how that's being applied in real estate and, and beyond real estate. And we uh, touched on a lot of things in between, and we, en- we ended with uh, talking about dog food. So uh, I hope you enjoy the conversation. So Jeff, you know, wanted to uh, take the time to say first, thank you very much. Um, where, where do you see the the industry in which, and it's a massively broad conversation, but where do you yeah. see the industry focusing on uh, as as we move forward in 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 into twenty nineteen? Well, so I'm I'm going to speak to this predominantly from the technology side, but right. for me, the best technologies have a have a direct impact on behavior like they they do something that has um, a benefit to the human who's using the technology and and the worst technologies overcomplicate things and you know i art we we share a friend gaylord dewald he has a an expression that he likes to call you know dreadful efficiency and i I hear that voice in my head a lot when I'm looking at technologies, you know, have they, have they done something that on the surface appears simpler, but in reality actually just makes the world more complex. And so what I'm, what I'm seeing, and you know, these conversations take lots of different forms and sometimes it's around MLS data and sometimes it's around, um, aggregate, aggregate, uh, human behavior data as it exists in places like Facebook, and we can we can go into all of the ethical conversations around what Facebook is doing if you'd like. But the amount of data that's being collected on the human behavior side of the equation is is pretty significant. And as a result of that, where I see us going as we combine all of these massive amounts of data and the sort of artificial intelligence, and I'm, I'm going to define that better in a second, the artificial intelligence technologies that are sort of doing what I call real work, the machine learning, the deep learning, the kind of stuff that um, actually helps us make better decisions because it's better at predicting outcomes than we are from these this massive data that we're bombarded with on a daily basis. That's that's where I see the industry going. And so from a, how does that impact uh, real estate and a real estate agent's life? I think the most effective tools are the ones that are going to remove some of the mundane things that an agent has to do on a daily basis to tasks that are better handled by, for lack of a better word, some form of a robot and shift the time focus back to the human interaction and the the kind of consulting and wisdom and um, acting as a fiduciary that I think is the real value of a human being and of a realtor. And those are the technologies to me that I'm most interested in following and looking at. And I think those are the technologies that are going to have the biggest impact ultimately on the industry. They don't devalue the human. They, they, they take, certain human activities that are rote and, you know, quite frankly, unenjoyable 
and make them things that get done without the human being involved and give the human back some time to be more human. That's fascinating. I mean, I, I think that we're seeing, you know, a lot, a lot of stuff that, that agents used to do, I mean, just to, to step back even a decade where, you know, it used to be that the agent, or even more than that, where the agent was the one finding the homes. The agent was the one right. saying, here's, a, here's this one. Whereas now we've gone through the transition of, you know, MLS books to, you know, the, spate, the, the period where it was collaborative search, where the agents and the, and the buyers were, you know, sharing data and, and looking together, where now I think it's, it's more actual collaborative offline, where the agent's yeah. looking on behalf of the, of the buyer and the buyer's looking through, you know, Zillow and MLS and Realtor.com and you know, everywhere online. And then they're actually talking about whether this works. And I think that, that part of the challenge is whether, you know, you know, helping the agent define what their role and value is from a humanity perspective. I, I think so too. I think so too. And I, I think that's going to be the challenge for brokers, right? Brokers are going to have to rethink what does my training look like? You know, what, what, what does the stuff that I provide to the agent look like that not only helps them stand out, but helps me stand out as a broker as well. You know, as I, I think about even the impact that the, the ability to analyze a photo and understand the objects in those photos and the amount of additional data that ultimately ends up being compiled. Identifying objects is one thing. Identifying styles is another. Identifying combinations of colors and styles and understanding that I, I always tend toward a specific style when I'm looking at photos of kitchens, for example, or I'm, I, I have a certain preference towards things that would be really, really, really difficult to understand, even from a conversational standpoint. But my, my behavior from a, from a search standpoint ends up triggering a completely different look at, at what it is that I like and what kinds of things I'm interested in. How does that get handed off to an agent to do a better job of, of servicing me as a buyer or a seller? Though, that's the stuff that really intrigues me. How do, how do we not just enable technology to do that, but how does that information get passed back in a way that the human can do something real with it? It can't stay invisible behind, you know, some data shield. You know, it's, it's, that's a great point, Jeff, and it's fascinating because I think so many times as a consumer thinks about AI, it becomes a creepy overlord, if you will. It, right. it, it says things you don't want known. Um, but in that instance, what you're you're really referring to is something that the consumer will see an immediate feedback of an improved interaction with their agent. It's things that I can't voice correctly, but the computer can still identify what I'm really, what the motivation is behind my stuff, even if I don't know it, and that my agent can be informed of that and, and can help direct a, a search in a better way. I mean, that's that's a fabulous use of of machine learning. I think so. I mean, we've joked for years, you know, Google knows you better than your wife does because Google knows what you do late at night when you're sitting at your computer and nobody's watching and the things you search for and the, you know, the, the things you listen to and the videos you watch. And, you know, there we're, we're only beginning to understand what's possible in piecing all of these, you know, various actions that we take and the things we look at and the things we search for um, together. And, and some of the more interesting stuff, and I apologize for jump, jumping around, but you know, the thing that, that isn't happening as well as it, as it could happen 
but but will happen is marrying the things we do when we're when we're not fully connected to the internet with the things that we do while we are fully connected to the internet. Um, I, I, I was an advisor to uh, a company called Spacio, which is an open house app, and they were just bought by, um, I'm forgetting the name of the company they were just bought by, but basically it was a, a tool that allowed agents to collect information from people as they stopped by the, the open house. And, you know, on the surface, it's like, okay, it's, it's just a digital form of collecting information on paper. And that's true. But when you say now I've, I've captured this physical action from the consumer. Now I not only know because I, now I know their email address and I know their name and, and they've basically said I was physically at this open house. Now I can marry that with online behavior. And I can say, I not only know that these are the things they were looking at, but these are the things that they were looking at that was so interesting to them that they got up out of their chair and they went and looked at it. And so these triggers and these signals, all of that stuff ultimately is going to be married together in some way. I, you know, we're, we're well past the point, at least I am, of thinking that we can ever put this genie back in the bottle. So I think where the attention of of the real estate community needs to go to is how do we how do we set the policies and principles and ethics and values around what we do with that data to make certain that we're not being creepy that we're not the ones who are actually acting as bad actors in this world with that data and that's going to be that's going to be a very difficult challenge that's going to be very difficult that's uh i i completely agree with you and it's it is fascinating to think about that so as, as we talk about this technology um, and as you you've you know you've been in, involved in the industry for for years. I mean, ever since I've I think I we first met maybe ten ten twelve years ago. Yeah. Um, as you look at this technology and you see kind of you forecast out how it's how you think it's going to change the industry. How does that affect the agent directly? How, how do you think? Wh- wh- let me ask you this a different way. What is it? What does a real estate agent look like? five, seven, ten years from now? Like, what's their role um, in, in the process? Well, define <clears throat> define which realtor we're talking about. Oh, I'm just saying, you know, if there's 1.4 million realtors right now, um, what does a successful realtor look like in... Uh, in I think in, they look exactly the same. I, I, honestly, I, I think successful realtors are going to look exactly the same as they look today because I think successful realtors do certain things, you know, differently than the average realtor who... You know, if if you sit in on enough uh, presentations from technology companies, and there was a an article that that was widely circulated um, about a month ago, where one of the guys presenting their technology was talking about you know the mode number of transactions that a realtor does, and the mode number of transactions that the average realtor does it, it's zero. You know, and the argument is they're really it, and it's a it's a straw man argument. But their argument is there really isn't professionalism in real estate when the mode number of transactions is zero. Well, that's not really true. And we all know that's not true because we tend to circulate amongst a population of realtors who actually do care quite a bit about the consumer, do care quite a bit about delivering value, um, do more than zero transactions in a year or one transaction in a year. And um, have a tremendous amount of value and wisdom that they can provide in conducting. I mean, I 
I, Jim, I watch you on online. I, some of my favorite tweets that I've ever read from you are the ones where you're celebrating the fact that you've advised someone not to sell or you've advised someone not to buy. Right. And I think those are the kinds of conversations that the consumer doesn't hear often enough because of the volume of realtors that exist in, in the world that um, maybe don't take that same approach. But I think the good realtor is going to take that approach. And I think the good realtor is going to have more data available to them to make and, and assist in those kinds of decisions. And I think the good realtors are going to have more time right. to be involved in those discussions because they're going to be the ones who see the advantage of utilizing the tools in a way to automate the things that don't provide real value and to not automate the things where they really can provide value. And that's a that's a squishy way of answering your question. But I honestly don't see a difference between a great realtor today and a great realtor five years from now, except for how they're using technology and what technologies they're using. A human plus technology is always going to be better than just technology. Right. No, I, I agree with you. And I think that's... Uh... Maybe kind of leads into another question I have. You know, we all heard a couple months ago. Uh, I think it was this past summer of of 2018 when Gary Keller got on stage and was talking about yeah. the agent enabled mm-hmm. tech versus tech enabled agent. And there's so much right. capital, like billions of dollars of capital, coming into the industry. And part of that is to replace the realtor. Um, so I'd love to get your take on the agent enabled tech versus um, tech enabled agent uh, uh, discussion. I I don't have a response to that. I mean, <laughs> you know, my I I think we're we're trying to split a lot of hairs here. You know, I I listened to to the to Gary Keller make his announcement that you know that they were now a technology company and man, technology's hard. Yeah. Uh you know, you think being a realtor's hard I'm not going to disagree with you. I am a realtor now, by the way. I actually have a real estate license, and I, I actually am a member of the National Association of Realtors. I haven't sold a house, so I'm part of that mode of zero. Welcome and to the family, I actually, Jeff. Well, thank you. And I'm not sure I intend to sell a house, but I, I felt it was important for me to go through the process of, of doing it you know, just so that I could, I could understand that process better. I'm actually going to sit on a couple of open houses and you know follow a realtor around and do some things just because now I can't. My point in this is... Um, technology is way harder than most people think. Getting it right is really difficult. Um, the, the process is involved. The, you know, I, I sat this morning staring at JIRA tickets, you know, trying to understand why it is the way I've explained something doesn't make sense even to me a month later after I've read the thing that I've tried to describe to someone on what needs to take place. And um, I'm not saying that that Gary can't make that transition. I'm just saying, I don't understand why it's necessary. You know, I, I think, I think the recent moves by the national association of realtors are actually kind of interesting to me. I, I, I actually like the fact that they've said, you know, here are the things we're good at. We're going to focus on that. We're going to stop doing these things over here that maybe we're not as good at. And we're going to, we're going to partner and we're going to create the connections and we're going to do the things with technology that we should be doing, which is a shift from we're going to try and, and create our own technologies. I think the best, the, the best solution for real estate is to find the best technology partners and work with them to educate them on, on what really is valuable and what really is important. Um, and I don't, 
I don't see a huge advantage to a, a real estate company saying I'm going to be a technology company. I, I don't, I don't personally see the huge advantage to that. Well, I mean, I, I, I'll jump in. I mean, I think that when, I remember the first video we did with Nest ten years ago. I think we were, we were sitting there talking about how we were go, going to implement technology at the time, and I think one of us said, you know, we're going to use technology to make the experience better, but not for the sake of right. saying. I think the previous conversation we had was, you know, hey, we have this piece of tech, we have this CRM that no one's going to use and doesn't does not better the process for the agent, the brokerage, or the consumer. So I, mean, I think it's right. you know there's copious amounts of technology out there that add zero value to negative value to the to the experience. Um, you know, are, is well, there? I, and I think Jim, I mean that goes back to the agent has to be a good agent. Period. Exactly. It's, it's Period. not the technology is going to enhance the experience only if the experience is positive to begin with. Well, there's a famous quote from Linda Davis. You know, she said it on stage at Eminem, I think 2007 and 2008. And she was sitting on stage and she said, if you're a crappy agent, a blog isn't going to make you better. Right. You know, yeah. because blogging, everybody's talking about you need a blog, you need a blog, you need a blog, you need a blog. Well, apply that to any piece. If you're a crappy agent, um, a CRM isn't going to make you better. It, if you're a crappy agent, uh, natural language processing assistant isn't going to make you better. It's just going to speed you to being crappy. Well, that's and, and that's Rob. Be, that's Rob Hahn's comment is that it's yeah. it's going to make you more efficiently crappy. Yeah, you're going to be you're going to be better at being crappy. Right. A laudable goal. <laughs> it, it's a laudable goal. You know, I and I I think I, and I think that's why I say a great agent today is going to look similar in five years from now because the great agent today is going to employ those technologies to be more efficient at being the great agent they already are today. And I, I think it is the responsibility of leaders in the industry to identify what those technologies are that actually do both improve the consumer experience and com improve the experience of the realtor. You know, we, we talk about improving I think it's okay for technology to have this dual focus. I want to improve the experience for the consumer, but I also want to improve the experience for the agent. I want to make them more efficient. I want to remove the things that actually don't add value inside of the transaction. And I think I don't think those things are that hard to identify. I think it's hard to build the tools that make them easier or get them out of the way, but I don't think those things are that hard to identify. I mean, in the last, again, 18 months, technology moves fast. Are, are there any examples of tech that you've seen that, that you've said, you know, that's, that's a thing that's going to make an agent better, or that's a thing that's going to make the consumer's experience buying or selling, you know, you know more beautiful or, or better or, or happier? Well, so I think anything that allows an agent to focus more of their time on actually that that true relationship with the consumer, where they they're spending um, either the direct interaction time or the indirect interaction time, truly adding the value that they can only add value to, those are the things that interest me. Yeah, you know, I I talk from stage a lot about this conversation I had um, with uh, Darren Dawson from BombBomb. Um, we were sitting in a bar at a conference in uh, Vancouver, British Columbia. And I said, what, what's the coolest thing that's happened this year? And he started talking about a piece of artificial intelligence software called Conversica. Um, and the, the, this 
artificial intelligent assistant was named after his wife um, because people respond better to female names. And the long story short is this, this robot did such a good job on, on the things they wanted it to attack, churn, uh, dead leads, that, that the most asked for employee that people wanted to meet after six months using it was Amy Dawson, who was a piece of artificial intelligence that didn't exist. And I think that's fine. I mean, they clearly identified that this was a, an AI assistant in the emails. And, and yet the, they, he talked about this thing like it was a human. And people responded to it like it was a human. And so what it did was it freed up their staff from doing all of these activities that are, quite frankly, painful. You know, emailing back and forth with somebody who may not want to talk to you gets old real quick. You, you lose your patience real quick, but a piece of AI isn't. And so what does that do to the human who now, the only thing they've got to do is interact with the human once the human has said, yes, I really do want to interact with you. And yes, I really do need this. I think there's a massive benefit to removing these things that don't bring us joy at the risk of sounding Marie Kondo-ish right now, that don't bring us joy. <laughs> highly relevant. Um, yeah, highly. And focus on the things that not only add value, but actually the things that actually do bring us joy. I mean, I, I know that you know this kind of a conversation right now that I'm having with you guys, this brings me joy. You know, this is the place where I, I feel most comfortable. Um, do I feel the most comfortable dealing with details back and forth that any, you know, one who can operate a keyboard could deal with? No, I'd rather not do those things. I have to do those things, but I'd rather not. And I guess that's my point. I, we'd all function at a higher level if the things that, you know, sort of distract us from our very best self were moved out of the way. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I mean, you know, the other non-real estate conversation that everybody's had in the last couple of years is this whole concept of being busy. You know, how are you? Oh, I'm so yeah. busy. Or, and yeah. that's, yeah. that's, uh, it's intriguing. Like we, we've talked about technology a lot in the past, um, couple of years and more and more so that we've, we've built our own, uh, with a nest, our own, you know, to, to use the, well, I, I think real tech. estate, I think, I think real estate doesn't look often enough outside of the real estate industry for the technology it employs. Right. And I, I, you know, it's a big market and it drives a tremendous amount of, of our GDP and, you know, doesn't diminish that. It's just that the, the activities where efficiencies can be applied. So on the customer service side of the equation, for example, um, a telephone company or a cable company or a, you know, fill in the blank, they're going to have a ridiculously high volume of customer service calls and activities that come as a result of their product. Real estate, on the other hand, has a ridiculously low number of customer service calls outside of that transaction. You know, once you've sold a home as a realtor, you don't get calls for the next seven years that are customer service calls related to that sale. It just doesn't happen. Maybe if it did happen, a higher percentage of realtors would actually get that referral business. I'm going to push back on that, Jeff, because it, yeah. it, it, I think that it's you know, it's driven in part because you know to toot our horn is that a thing? You know, to toot the Nest horn, we have this program called Friends of Nest, which is a, a touch point system that our agents have the opportunity yep. to use, where we 
touch our, our, our client base seven, eight times a year. I get so many phone calls from agents or from buyers and sellers two, three, five, seven years later. You know, I had one last year who asked me, hey, I'm putting on a new roof. Should I do a metal roof? No. You know, I think that, you know, I was looking at Keith for a second, and Keith gets calls all the time from past clients. I think it's something yep. that we do get those calls, but it's because they know that we don't go away. I mean, one of the things that a lot of us say right. at the end at, at closing is, hey, this is, this is a great experience. Hopefully it was good. Um, I don't go away. For the next forever, I'm always here as, as your agent to, to continue this relationship and this conversation. Would, would you say that's typical? <sighs> typical across the entire industry or typical? Yes, typical across the entire industry. No, it's, no. Not, it's not typical. No, it's not. So I view you guys as unicorns, okay? So it, I, I can't, no, and I, but I can't set you up as the example. My, my point in this illustration is the volume of customer service calls that come in through a company like AT&T or a company like Comcast or a company like Apple or a company like, fill in the blank, presents an opportunity for technology to intervene in those things and learn from those things. We're more likely to see a natural language processing product come out of a customer service application in those industries that if tweaked could be used in some space in the real estate industry, then we are to see that come from the real estate industry and work its way back out. And it has nothing to do with anything other than volume. Interesting. No, I think that's great. And I think a lot of us think in real estate, you know, any industry we're in, but specifically talking about the real estate industry, we always think our industry is special and we can't bring anything from the outside. But that's one thing that um, that you're spot on is that looking outside the industry for uh, ways to learn about how to how to provide a better customer experience to the type of technology that's that's offered is 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 um, it's important to do. Um, and it's it's short-sighted for us to just put our blinders on and just say we're just going to focus on, on real estate. So I've got one, uh, one final question for you here. So the, our podcast is Sweat the Details, and at Nest we, we sweat a lot of details and focus a lot on, on details. You work with, with a lot of technology companies, um, and you've been involved in a lot of technology companies, and you clearly uh, have, have a deep understanding of the real estate industry, especially now that you've got your real estate license. Um, so you're digging even deeper, right? You're experienced. Uh, you're totally experienced. I'm I'm as good as any other realtor with uh, a zero mode number. With a license. <laughs> that is correct. Um, as you work with these technology companies who are clearly trying to make the broker-agent relationship better or make the agent-client relationship better or uh, yeah. make the experience more human, what's one detail that one or two details that you would that you're continuing to recommend hey focus on this focus on this focus on this that i'm making to the technology companies or that i'm making to realtors or brokers to the technology evaluate technology as these technology companies are building their products and improving their products to serve a market you know what's one or two things for them to focus on my, my number one thing when i'm looking at a piece of technology is do they eat their own dog food meaning is the front-facing aspect of that technology built on their own API? It to me, it's one of those those key drivers of how how easy that piece of technology is going to integrate itself into an already existing real estate ecosystem. So, for example, um, Real Satisfied, the last company that I sort of brought that ended up selling, everything you saw on the front end of Real Satisfied, every single bit of it was built using the the our api 
And what that means is anyone who wanted to integrate with us, as long as we gave them open access to enough of that API, they could literally rebuild a front end using their own stuff with that same API. And so from an integration standpoint, it made it really, really easy to come in and integrate with the various pieces of technology, both on the broker side and the MLS side that we needed to integrate with. And, you know, companies that don't do that, quite frankly, I think are going to have a, a, a struggle in the real estate industry because of its complexity. Right. And so the technology companies have to get out of their own way. And so if they've made their product complex to work with, I think they have less of a chance of succeeding in the real estate industry. So I'm, I'm constantly looking at that technology from that st standpoint and saying, first thing you need to do is you need to make certain that you're eating your own dog food because no one else is going to eat it if you're not. I'm going to end on dog food. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Dog food's a great place to stop because uh, it's, sure. it's, near, it's nearly lunchtime and I'm, I'm getting hungry. Um, but Jeff, I, I, I wanted to, to say thank you. This is uh, you know amazing to have you take the time out of your morning to, to join oh, us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Um, my we, pleasure. Man, I, it's, uh, it, it's nice to, to be here in this space and, and having a good friend who's been here for, you know, for as long as you have and being friends for so long. And uh, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Jeff. Oh, we thanks appreciate for inviting it. me, guys. Jeff, thank All you. Right, have a good day. Awesome, have a good Jeff. one. Bye-bye. Thanks, Sam. Well, uh, very thankful that Jeff Turner took some time to, to talk with us. I think the conversation started off um, really interesting with his concept uh, of dreadful efficiency. And it's, it's really something that we've talked about with technology a lot of the times as you walk through these expo halls uh, and see the different type of technologies that are out there and just looking at it and saying, I don't get it. How is this really going to enhance the yeah. experience or make me more efficient as an agent or make me more effective as an agent? So that concept of dreadful efficiency is a, is a, a very succinct way of, of wrapping up a large percentage of I tell real you estate what, tech. You know, between Jeff and, and Gaylord, I mean, Gaylord's one of the smartest people I've ever met. And he is, uh, he's, he's just, you know, every time I talk to that guy, you, you learn something. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm equally creeped out and amazed and intrigued and excited by uh, the AI bot that was the single most requested person Amy in Dawson. air quotes for people to talk to. I mean, that's, it's, you know, it's an amazing concept. Right. Amy Dawson was able to build trust with consumers in six months and something that realtors <laughs> work years well, um, I mean, think, if, if you think about the number one complaint people have about realtors, it's lack of communication. Response time. If, if the AI is the most responsive person on your team, mm -hmm. they're going to build the most trust. Yeah. That's true. The, I think the other thing is, is what Jeff talked about wrapping up is talked about you know, these technology companies eating their own dog food and building a system which could be integrated into other platforms. Because we know with 86,000 brokerages across the country and 1.4 million realtors, there's a variety of different platforms, CRMs. So as these tech companies that are focused on real estate try to infiltrate and get traction within the marketplace, they're spot on on these and uh, how they're going to integrate. Uh, well, I should sit back up a little bit. Making it easy for them to integrate into different technology platforms. We've built our own platform. We built our foundation for the platform. And now we're looking at how do we integrate some maybe third-party vendor APIs right. into it? And it's a conversation that we have all the time. One of our first conversations when we talk with a third-party tech vendor is, 
do you have your API and tell us about the, how robust your API is. And if they say, well, we don't have that yet, it's almost a, an, a, you know, the end of conversation. Non-starter. Right. No, I mean, and the, you know, another thing that he's, he, he mentioned was just about the, you know, I think I agree, and I'll tell you in five years if, if I really agree, but that the in three to five years, the agent is going to look very much the same as they do today. And I think that I'd like to think that that's, that's accurate and that anybody can get data analytics, but it's the ability for the, for the agent to listen and discern and help throw that stuff back at the, at the client and help them through that decision-making process. Well, I think the other piece is, is that over the last 10 years, the role, 15 years, the role of the agent has changed dramatically. And I think the, the, the point that Jeff is right on is that the same skill sets that have allowed agents to be successful in the current marketplace are going to be the required skill sets for the future. And I think they will do different things. They will operate in different manners, but they will be the same people in terms of of who is successful. And again, going back to earlier podcast guests, it's about execution. It's not a, this isn't a skill set game. It's a, it's a, it's an execution game. Speaking of execution, uh, Jeff, uh, we ended the podcast five minutes ago and we're doing our wrap. We already had, we already have the audio from his side of the trans of the, uh, the conversation. Um, technology is amazing. I think they call that a uh, remarkable efficiency. <laughs> <laughs>